Amen. This morning, we just want to continue on with what we've been talking about in kingdom conditioning. How many of you know that there are some things in the kingdom that are going to require you to be in shape? They're going to require some conditioning on your part. Matthew eleven twelve says, From the days of John the Baptist, even until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The violent take it by force. There's got to be something inside of you that says, I'm going to go get what God says I can have. Right? There are some promises of God that, that you have an a, a enemy that does not want you to connect with. I mean, come on, guys. You've got to realize that not every good thing. Well, if God wants that to happen, he'll make it happen. No, man. If you want it, you'll go get it. Right? It, it, you're required to, to pursue it with some passion. It's one thing to pray a sinner's prayer and make it into heaven. It's another thing to live a life of victory right here on earth. Right? Someday when we all get together, what a joyous morning that will be. You know, that's a wonderful hymn, but the reality is, is that right now I need to have some passion to pursue what God says I can have. Do you realize all through the Bible, in the New Testament, when you read the words gospel, that those words are the same, the same word used for gospel is glad tidings of great joy. Remember when they came and they said, we bring you glad tidings of great joy, for unto us a child is born, a Savior. You know, that right there, that's the gospel. It's glad tidings of great joy. Glad tidings of great joy. Kids are up here singing today about glad tidings of great joy. That's the gospel. Come on, guys. We've got to wrap our brain around the reality that there is a glad tidings of great joy. It don't make any difference what's going on outside of us. If we can get that going on inside of us, we can go up to a new level of living. Yeah, you understand that. You can go to a new level of living. But you're not going to get that by just sitting around saying, well, if, if that's what God wants, he'll make it happen. You're going to have to have something inside of you that says, you know what? I'm going to get in charge here. I'm going to take the dominion and the authority that God's put in my life, and I'm, I am going to go after it. I'll get violent if I have to. I'm going to drive out the enemy, make him poor, and dwell in his place, right? Now, I'm going to take places in my life that... that that depression has operated in. I'm going to push depression out, and I'm going to let joy rise up. I'm going to take places in my life where lack has been hanging on there, and I'm going to drive that out in Jesus' name and bring the blessing to God in that area of my life. But it's not going to just happen. You've got to get up, and you've got to go to work, and you've got to make it happen, right? Look with me, if you would. Go to Mark chapter 9, verse 62. We'll put this up on the screen for you. Uh, Jesus said, Luke, sorry. Luke, you can go to Mark if you want. Um, I kind of like Mark, but Luke, Luke's up there on the screen anyways. Okay, so Luke 9, 62. Jesus said unto him, Jesus said. How many you know when Jesus is talking, good opportunity for us to learn something? Come on now. Uh, you know, when Jesus says it, we ought to listen. Jesus said this. No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom. Is fit for the kingdom. Everybody say fit for the kingdom. Okay? We're talking about being in shape. Being conditioned. You're, you know, if you're constantly looking back, you're just out of shape. You, you're not prepared to handle the weight that life is going to give you. And we know that the same weight that can be used to hurt you, to break you, can also be used to strengthen you and to build you up. So it's not the weight that's the issue, but it's how you handle the weight that makes the difference. Right? Many, many believers are totally beat up because they don't handle things correctly. The fact is they're just out of shape. They're not fit for the kingdom. They're they're not conditioned. I I have a feeling that they want you to hear them today. (laughs) You you get that feeling? You get that feeling that they want you to hear that? You know, when we're at your house, would you yell back? You know you would. Don't lie to me. Yes, you would. (laughs) Yes. 
Yes, you would. We, we won't today, okay? Um, we, because we're getting in shape for the kingdom, bless God. Hallelujah. Okay, so you've got to get conditioned. <laughs> you've got to get conditioned for the things of God. Right? You've got to get in shape. You got you gotta you gotta get in the gym. You gotta work it out. You gotta you know you, you gotta press weight when you don't want to. You gotta handle stress when you'd rather use it as an excuse. You, you gotta decide and determine. I'm gonna walk in victory. I'm gonna demonstrate victory. I'm I'm going to rise above the stuff that used to knock me out. Think back when you you know it's kind of interesting the cycle that we go through in our spiritual you know growth. But when you're first born again. You know, it's like you can pray anything and it's immediately answered. Remember? Remember when you first got born again, you're so excited and you, you pray for stuff and boom, there it was. It's like magic. Cool. Then, then you start growing in the Lord and here comes some, some opposition. Here comes some challenges. And you actually reach a point, and many people reach a point where they, they come and they find somebody who's been around for a while and they say, you know, man, I don't know what's wrong, but, you know, my prayers aren't being answered like they used to be. Well, yes, because now you're growing. Right? Not, not, you, you know, it's, when, when you had a baby, you gave it a bottle, right? But how do you know that it was not your goal to give that baby a bottle for the next 21 years? Right? When you had to part the whiskers to slip the bottle in, it was getting a little old at that point. <laughs> that, you know, th- there was some growth that needed to occur, right? Hey, I love, I love my children. I love the fact. Shelby and I, you know, we were, you know, we were uh, just going through the mall, and we saw some people come in. And, um, to a restaurant there in the mall, and, and uh, they had these little kids with them, and they're all cute, and they had their Christmas clothes on. And Shelby looked at me, and she said, were ours ever that little? Uh-uh. Never. Now, I, I remember when they were that little. And, and remember, and some of you guys, you have them now, and you just, oh, man, it's just so cute, and they're just they're, they're so awesome. But there's the, when they get bigger, they, they're not cute anymore. They're like puppies. No offense. Uh they learn new tricks. Right? But the goal is that one day they're going to go out and live successful, victorious life on their own. Come on. Right? The goal is someday. I mean, you know, hey, they're cute when they're little, but trust me, you don't want it to just hang there forever. If it does, something's wrong. Right? Well, if you just got born again and, you, you know, and everything's great and awesome, it's cool, that's great. But you're not going to stay there forever. Right? And if you do, something's wrong. If you're, not, if you're not dealing with new challenges and experiencing new victories that today that you didn't have last year, something's wrong. Right? But just because it's coming, you know, it shouldn't depress you. It should encourage you. Because think about it. When the, the thing that used to knock you down, now you're walking right over. You know, you look back and you realize, you know, that don't even, that don't even slow me down anymore. It used to be a real hang-up in my life. But now it's not a problem. You're growing. Right? You're growing. Why? Because of the gospel. What, what occurred on that cross is growing inside of you and is causing you to become a, a, a stronger man or woman of God. Right? So you're getting in shape. You're getting fit. Now you can slow the process down or you can increase your level of endurance. Why don't we increase? Why don't we grow? Why don't we decide, you know what, I'm, I'm going to grow myself to be an individual who can do something for the kingdom instead of expecting the kingdom to do something for me. Oh, come on now. It's the season of giving. So give us a break. And grow. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to grow. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. Rejoice evermore. Remember we talked about this. Rejoice evermore. Rejoice 
evermore. Rejoice evermore. Get your joy back. Continue to grow your joy. Your joy level tomorrow should be greater than it is today. Right? Glad tidings of great joy. You know what I've noticed is a lot of people are under the impression what they need is more power. If I had more power, you don't need more power. If you had more power, you'd, you'd speak the Word of God and it'd blow the lips right off your face. It, you, you don't need more power. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is now dwelling inside of you. is quickening your mortal body. It's in you. That same power. How could you get more power? How, how, could you, how could you locate more power? Maybe you don't know how to activate it. Maybe you don't know how to walk in it. But trust me, you don't need more power. You need more gospel. You, I said you need more gospel. You need a greater understanding of the gospel. Listen to this. Glad tidings of great joy. When you hear the word gospel, okay, in the Amplified Bible, what the Amplified Bible does is it takes uh, Greek words, Hebrew words, uh, you know, depending on which, whether you're in the Old or the New Testament, and it takes divine, dispo, divine expository dictionary uh, definitions, and it inserts, the, inserts them for you. Listen to this. Let me just read some scriptures to you. Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this portion of scripture, he announced to him the glad tidings of great joy. That's the gospel. They, there they continued to preach the glad tidings. Acts 16.10 says, When they had seen the vision, we at once endeavored to go on into Macedonia, confidently inferring that God had called us to proclaim the glad tidings. 1 Corinthians 1.17, For Christ sent me not out to baptize, but to preach the glad tidings, and that not with verbal eloquence, lest the cross of Christ should be the pride of force or emptied of its power. 1 Corinthians 4.15, After all, though you should have 10,000 teachers in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the glad tidings. 1 Corinthians 9.16, If I merely preach the gospel, that gives me no reason to boast, for I feel compelled of necessity to do that. Woe is me if I do not preach the glad tidings. Uh, on and on and on. It's the glad tidings. The glad tidings. If your joy is wiped out by what's going on around you, you don't need more power. You need more gospel. You need a greater level of understanding. Mark 4.24 in the Amplified Bible says, The level of thought and study that you give to the truth you hear determines the amount of power and virtue that comes back to you. you if, you're, if you will increase your level of understanding of the gospel, you'll increase your level of joy that you're living in. Because you'll, realize, you'll suddenly realize that what the gospel has done, what it's producing in you is the victory that's coming. Is, you know what? You can take... The joy of the Lord. That is your strength. Right? Romans 1.16, I think it is. Dude, did I give you that one? Romans 1.16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God. It is the power of God. It is the What's it? The gospel. What's the gospel? thought I didn't give it to you. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. What's that? That's the Glad tidings of great joy. I'm not ashamed of the glad tidings. I'm not ashamed to, to release the joy that's come to me through the gospel because it is it. What? The joy is the power of God. You want to tap into the power of God? You've got, you got to tap into the joy that the gospel can produce in your life. Many of us are afraid to release the joy because we think a release of joy is putting a stamp of approval upon a situation that we're currently involved in. No, it's not. It ain't putting a stamp of approval. It is taking back the authority of the situation. Instead of giving circumstances authority to dictate your decision-making process, 
Now you're saying, I've got joy because the gospel has set me free to not be dictated or controlled by what's going on around me. Now I'm going to be dictated and controlled by what's going on in me. Oh, come on, somebody. This is the glad tidings of great joy that we bring to you, that Jesus, he went and, and not only was he born, but, but he lived the life. And not only did he live the life, but he made the, the sacrifice. He broke the chains of sin, death, hell, and the grave. And he has put you in a position of authority that you are no longer dictated or controlled by all this junk that's going on out here. No, it's what's going on in here that gives me the ability to walk in the authority that God has given me through Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. You've got to wrap your brain around this reality. That I bring you glad tidings of great joy. A Savior is born. Something has been injected into the environment that's going to release you from everything that the environment's trying to contain. See, you've got, you got to work this out a little bit. It ain't easy. It ain't easy to, to, constant, to, you know, to increase your joy level when the junk of life, the pressure of life, the stress of life is pushing down on you. Think about this time of the year, this season when our minds are so many other places. We're shopping and we're we, you know, trying to make everybody happy and you're trying to get the perfect meal prepared. You're, trying to wrap, you're even trying to wrap the presents so they look just right. All that pressure. You know, it should be the happiest time of the year. Have you been to the mall? <laughs> Hundreds of angry, bitter people. <laughs> what are you doing? Celebrating! <laughs> the joy unspeakable. Full of glory. You think maybe we've missed something? Man, he said, you know what, this is the life I want you to live. I want you to go from a joy to a joy, you know, from, from, from this level to this. I want you to increase your joy ever more, ever more. You're always going to have more. Why? Because you're going to give thought and study to the gospel. You're going to realize that what's going on in you is so much better, so much stronger, so much more effectual than what's going on around you. The enemy, hear me, the enemy's trying to get you to divert your attention to what's going on around you so that you won't remember what's happened in you. Right? See, th think about the next verse where it says, pray without ceasing. Right? We talked about it last week. Pray until you're satisfied. Hang in there. Don't give up. Get, build that endurance. Get, get better at this. Come on now, this Christian walk, this ain't for sissies. This isn't, for, you know, for, for, for weak, quitter-type people. This is for somebody who, who's going to go to the next level and accomplish great things. Pray without ceasing. Don't be caving in all the time. You know, any of you guys ever gotten into running? Obviously, I haven't, not for very long. But uh, I, I have great friends. Micah Smith, great, great uh, pastor friend of ours. He runs 50-mile trail runs. 50 miles, that's all in one day. First time he told me that, I was thinking over like a month or something. No, 50 miles. 50 miles. How scared do you have to be to run 50 miles? <laughs> 50 miles, are you kidding? 50 miles. I, I never did really get into the running thing. And I always thought it's because I'm just i not a coward. I, can, I turn around and face any problem. I'd rather run. 
you know, uh, they've never had a sale big enough on Krispy Kremes to cause me to run that far. Okay. He did get me out on the trails. We go out behind Washington State Police, and there's trails out there, and, we, and we, he got me to run them. And you know what? What you could do one day, you, if you get, went out the next day, you could go a little bit farther. And I got to tell you something. I'd, I'd never admit it with him in the in the building, but that part was pretty cool. To be able to go farther, to find yourself increasing your endurance. See, that's what we're talking about. You're talking about your joy is going to get stronger tomorrow because you've used it today. He said, don't, don't, don't be all beat up because you don't have any today. Use, use some today so that tomorrow you'll have more. Some of you, some of you, the reason you ain't got any today is because you didn't use any yesterday. Well, okay, so let's get, let's get back on the routine. And, and let's take not only our joy, but let's take our prayer life, our faith life, our, our, our connection to God through an unwavering belief, and let's develop that too. Don't stop. Because you're out of breath. Don't stop because you're out of energy. Grow yourself. Stretch a little bit. Come on out. Believe God. Don't quit where you quit yesterday. Get back in here and let's go a little bit farther. Okay? You know, get the Rocky music going on in your head and, and do what you got to do to push yourself a little bit farther down the road on your spiritual journey. This, grow yourself. Pray without ceasing. Look at the next verse. Look at verse 18. First Thessalonians 5, 18. Look at this. In everything, give thanks. There's a couple of points here that we've got to make. Number one, it says in everything, not for everything. See, a lot of people are under the impression that they're supposed to be thanking God for, for everything. No, no, no. In everything. See, what you're doing, if you struggle here, what you're doing is you're, you're looking at your circumstances, and, and that is di- dictating the decision in your life. Whether you're going to be thankful today is based upon what's going to happen today. Well, now, you, you, you're letting happenings dictate the choices that you're going to make. No, it's not for, it's in. And what the enemy is using is what you're in to get you to forget what you're living for. Oh, hear me. The enemy wants you to forget what you're living for by focusing on what you're living in. God's asking you, forget what you're living in. And remember what you're living for. In everything, give thanks. You want to really irritate hell? Oh, I love irritating hell. Aren't you tired of getting beat up by a defeated enemy? Aren't you tired of being chased around by, by, by demonic forces that are supposed to be under your feet? Well, rise up and love them, man. You know, look them in the eyeball and say, sit down and shut up. My turn now. Right? You, you, you've had it long enough. You've had the stage of my life long enough. Time for me to start acting like I'm supposed to act. Right? And, and I'm going to give thanks to God in everything. In everything. I'm not going to sit around and, and wait until life is smooth and cool and then thank God for a break. No. In the middle of the storm, I'm going to thank God that He is on my side. Thank God that He, 2,000 years ago, looked through the pages of time, saw what I was going to go through, and prepared a way for me and a place of escape so that I could find it. I'm going to thank God that when financial problems come, now nah, I don't have to worry about all of that because my God's going to supply my need according to His riches, not mine. His riches. Uh, oh, come on, somebody. In everything. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm, I'm going to be moved by what's going on in me, not what's going on around me. Look at what that says. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You know, the Message Bible says this is the way 
God wants you to live, you who, who belong to Christ. This is the way God wants you to live. Well, if this is the way God wants you to live, don't we, you think we ought to be living this way? How do you do it? You can't do it unless you're in shape for the kingdom. You, you, you can't succeed here unless you are conditioned for the kingdom. You got, you've got to get in shape. Look at, look at your neighbor and tell him, you've got to get in shape. Some of you are afraid to say that to your neighbor out of fear that they'll beat you down. <laughs> Look at this with me. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. These are familiar scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18 amplified. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's new. If any person is engrafted in Christ, He's new, a new creature altogether, a new creature altogether. I think it's time we started living like a new species. And it says the old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh has come and has, it's new. Man, there's a new life God wants you to have. If you got born again and not much has changed, maybe you should get born again, again. You know, I used to worry about that. You know, what are people going to think? Because every time there's an altar call, I was down there. I was an altar call junkie, you know, just, just went, you know, I, I responded to everything, and, and it used to really bother me. What are people going to think? Finally, I decided, who cares? You know, quite frankly, I, I, you know, have you noticed? I don't really care anymore. You know, what do people think? Oh, so what? You know, you know it, it makes interesting reading, writing the emails and stuff. Um, here, here's the deal. If you're not living different than you were before you you were connected to God, then what what's happened there is not that God hasn't done something real in you; it's that you don't really understand the gospel, the glad tidings of great joy. You you don't get it, man. I'm new. I'm new. If any man, that's me. If any man, any man, that's me. That's you. Be in Christ. He's new. All that old junk. Nah, that's in the past. I know we have a hard time getting it there, but it's in the past. Everything's new. Look, look at verse 18. And all this new stuff, all these things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor. Oh, hello. You don't understand. I, I want to have favor with you, but I celebrate the fact that I have favor with him. Oh, I am in favor with God. He has received me into favor, brought us into harmony with himself. You know, so many people are under the impression that God's trying to wipe them out or something. Look, if God wanted to wipe you out, you'd be a greasy spot in the carpet right now. You, you, you wouldn't have a chance to get out of the building if God wanted you. Guess what? I'm in harmony with him through Christ. And he has given unto us. He has given. He has given. He has given. How many of you know that? Before you can give something, you have to first possess it. You know, which just in your mind, go back to give thanks in everything. Give thanks. You know, the reason many of us struggle there is because we're not thankful in the first place. So it's hard to give thanks when you don't possess thanks. Hello? You know, the greatest proof of ownership is the ability to convey. You can't give the title to your house or, 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 or the, the, you know, to the car if, if the bank owns it. But once you own it, then you could actually give it. That's pretty good proof of ownership, right? You can't give something that doesn't belong to you. 
So many of us struggle with giving thanks because we're not thankful. Why aren't we thankful? Well, we don't have an understanding of the gospel. Why don't we have an understanding of the gospel? Because we're not even in shape enough to open up the book, let alone to give thought and study to it. Right? Well, what must we do? We, we must get started. Right? We, we must get in there. We must take that first step. We must start applying this stuff. But how do you know that God, he is in the position where he can give us some things? Will you put that verse back up there for me? Look, look at this with me. It says, he has given to us. He can give you something. Why? Because he owns it. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, he has given you, he has called you. you look, at, look at the guy real close to you. Look both ways. Look him in the eye and say, you're in the ministry. Now get this. You are, you are under orders of God. If you are in Christ, you're new. Isn't it funny that everybody wants, every, everybody wants verse 17. If any man be in Christ, he's new. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things. Everybody wants that one. Okay, verse 18 is connected to 17. The very next verse. Okay, you with me? He, he has given you a ministry. What does that mean? Oh, now that you're in Christ, you're serving him. And there's a responsibility that you would share with others what God has shared with you. Now, now here's the deal. You do it all the time. The fact is, is though, that many of us don't understand what God's given us, so we don't have the joy that what God has given us is producing. So what we are sharing with everybody else is the same thing that's lacking, the same joy that we're lacking. Because we're sharing what we understand. We're, we, we, are dem we are a walking demonstration of the goodness of God. Don't you think maybe we ought to understand it a little bit better and get in Christ a little bit deeper, get in that gospel, have a little bit better understanding because when we're walking down the street and we're giving what we got, because remember, you can't give to others what you ain't got. So you can only give what you possess. So now, think about it. If, if I could possess more, I could give more. If I could possess more understanding of the gospel, I could release more understanding of the gospel. Right? Okay, we're back to Mark 4.24. The level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear determines the amount of power the virtue that comes back to you. Verse 25, for to him who has shall more be given. To him who has not, even what he has shall be taken away. What, it, what you have is increased in your life. It, 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 it's multiplied in your life. You, when, you, when you increase your understanding, that understanding is multiplied. Now you are in the ministry of sharing what, in word and deed, what brought you to harmony with God, the areas of harmony in your life, you're going to multiply that in somebody else's life. You are bringing glad tidings of great joy or you are bringing a depressing report of an angry God. Th think with me for just a minute. You're bringing glad tidings of great joy or look out, an angry God is on his way. No, we're bringing... Glad tidings of great joy, right? See, here's what happens when we live First Thessalonians 5. Our joy increases every day. That's a workout. But our joy increases every day. We learn to pray and see our prayers change things. And at the end of the day, no matter what's going on, we're in a situation where we still have a mentality and a focus to give God thanks. Why? Because now, see, it's our ministry. The thing that brought us to harmony with God is now operating in us, and we want to demonstrate this to the world. So we're not going to be uh, distracted by what's going on around us. We're going to be focused on what's happening 
in us so that we can remember to give thanks in all things. We're going to give God thanks because we, we uh, know what we're living for. We're not moved by what we're living in. Right? And we, that's going to make us stronger and we're going to be able to overcome. Now when the enemy comes and he tries to throw more in your environment, you just realize there's more that I'm living for that I didn't even understand yesterday because the more thought and study I give to the truth I hear, the more I understand what I'm living for, that what God has done in me is changing me from the inside out, which is going to begin to impact the environment I'm living in. So now instead of what's going on out here dictating what's going on in here, what's going on in here begins to change what's going on out here. You with me? And, and all of a sudden, because I refuse to forget what I'm living for. See, here's what the enemy wants. He wants you to be blinded to what you're living for so that you don't realize that that can change what you're living in. No, I'm going to go to a new level of joy. I'm going to pray until I'm satisfied. I'm going, to, I'm going to see my prayers change things. And in everything, I'm going to give thanks, knowing that this is the way God wants me to live. This is the way God wants me to live. He wants me to live with thankful heart, with unquenchable faith, and with joy unspeakable. Think about it. This is the way God wants you to live. Joy out of control, faith that nobody can stop, and, and, a and a remembrance, a mind that can't be shifted off of the great things that God has done. You, you want to beat hell up? You want to put a stop to the onslaught of the demonic and satanic warfare that's going on in your world? Just stand up and be thankful. Not for that mess, in that mess. You realize the word, and we're going to close, but I, I just got a couple thoughts I need to throw out here at you. you. You realize the Bible says, Jesus said this too. He said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have perfected praise. You have anointed strength to silence the enemy. Psalms 8. That out of the mouth of babes. Do you realize that your praise, when you're giving thanks to God, do you realize that hell has to shut up? Some of y'all need to silence hell in your world. You know, you could use a break. You know, uh, Revelation, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in to him, sit with him and he with me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Great scripture for winning the loss, but the fact is it was written in a letter to a church. And he said, I'm standing at the door knocking, and nobody can hear him. Why? Well, because your life's so loud, you can't hear God knocking. You know, every now and then, you, you need to silence the enemy. You know, I, I know it's, it's kind of hard sometimes because... You know, you, you got sickness or, or, or depression or financial stuff or, or, or just the chaos of life or all of that at the same time. It's kind of, you know, sometimes that, that can get pretty unnerving. And we are so attracted to find people who will relate to us, you know, to, who will agree with us. No, no, you need to find somebody who, who will remind you. Okay, here's the will of God in this situation, that you give thanks. I don't want to give thanks. No, you need somebody who will look you in the eye and say, I know you don't want to. Trust me. You know, there's going to be days that the smile gets wiped off your face, but don't let them have the joy that's rooted in your heart. Right? There, there are days you don't want to go down to the gym and, and work out, but you know what? I got news for you. At, at, there are days after that you've been there, you're pretty happy you were there before. Because now you have the strength to do what you couldn't do before. 
Come on, you need to get somebody who will look you in the eyeball and say, you need to give thanks right here, right where you're at. You need to stop and thank God and, and remember what he's done. I, I know that what you're looking at, you think this is the world. This is your world. This is everything. But stop for just a minute and realize that the bigger picture, the God plan, the, the, the thing that God's orchestrated and bringing you into, that where you're headed, your final outcome is going to be much better than your current condition, that where God's taking you, it, you know, hey, if I die, I'm in the presence of God. So, so no matter what, I just need to thank God that what used to separate me from God is now gone because of Jesus Christ. And I'm standing in harmony with the maker of the universe. And God is on my side. I've got to stop and just thank Him. Before we whine, first we must shine. Okay? Before you get to pouting, take a moment and get to shouting. Do something to celebrate God in your situation first. You need somebody who will look in the eye and say, before you, before you cry. Let's get happy first. Okay? Let's be thankful. Let's be thankful. Let's be thankful. Let's be thankful. We've got so much to be thankful for. We have so much to be thankful for. I, I don't know. Maybe you're not driving the car you want or living in the house you want or got the shoes that you want or got the purse you want. or got the, you know, Maybe you ain't got some stuff, but let me tell you what you do have. You've you got an eternity that's secure through Jesus Christ. You got the blood of Jesus that's been applied to your life and your wretchedness has been washed away. <laughs> you have a relationship with a God that has the ability to speak and everything changes. He looks at darkness and says, let there be light. And boom, there it is. And he is infusing you with inner strength now. He is setting you and qualifying you. He is equipping you. He's making you fit for the kingdom. I said he is making you fit for the kingdom. He is making you fit. Let's grow. Come on now. Let's grow. Let's, let's get a level of joy that swallows up the pain. Let's pray like, like a bunch of believers. Right? Let's live like we're happy and let's pray like we're believers. And let's remember that regardless of what's going on around us, we stand in the middle of it and we give God thanks. And that silences hell. Your thanksgiving has the ability to shut hell up. And you need, you need hell to be quiet for just a little bit. So that you can hear once again God say, you're doing good. Some of you are under the impression that, you, that you're, you, you're really blowing it. You're really falling down. You're really caving in. You, you need to silence hell and listen to your father say, you know what? You're doing pretty good. You're doing, you're doing good. You're doing good. Hang in there. Come on. Get, just reach out. I've put, I put people all around you to help you, to walk with you, to lock shields with you. Just, just get connected to those guys. Come on now. You're doing good. If you can't hear God encouraging you, you're listening to the wrong voice. Oh, but Pastor Tom, you don't understand the stuff that's been going on in my world. I've been making stupid choices. God's going, that's my boy. I've got to tell you something, man. I've got three children, and every once in a while, every now and then, one of them will make a decision that's not so bright. But the dad ain't sitting here going, I'm never talking to you again. No, the dad's sitting here going, you'll learn. You know, come on. That's my boy. <laughs> Hello? You know, some of you need to hear God tell you, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. There's an easy way to learn. There's a hard way. You want to do the hard way? I'm here when you're done. Do me a favor. Will you close your book? Close your eyes and bow your head and let me pray for you.
I'm telling you, God has so many great things He wants to bring you into. The thoughts and the plans, He said, that I have for you to prosper you, not harm you. Give you hope and future. To, the hope of a future that God's drawn you into, that, that's what has hell so upset. Your enemy is attracted to the hope of a future that God has for you. You, you, need to, you need to realize that God's on your side. If you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Tom, I need a connection with that God. 